Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Super excited about all those things that are happening. I, I'm excited about the Real Women's event. I'm excited about our Christmas tree lighting. That's going to be really fun. Please put that aside on your calendar. Please anticipate being here because that's going to be fun. If you have kids or grandkids, you want to get excited about that because we're going to have a little parade that's going to go out in front of the church and all that kind of stuff. And it'll just be really, really fun. And we can get the kids to do the wave thing and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be really fun. We are uh, doing a toy drive and we are partnering with Black Sheep uh, Motorcycle Ministry, which they are part of our church and we are partners with them. And so, yeah, super excited about that. And so on Saturday, December 3rd, they are going to be uh, taking all the toys to um, their, uh, the, the place where they're going, which is the Lighthouse for Women and Children program, which is a blessing to them. And we are going to participate. So kind of what, the way it looks is that we are a funnel or a, a funnel for them to receive the gifts. It's just like if we were partnering with Samaritan's Purse and we were doing the, the uh, shoe boxes for Christmas around the world. This is the very same kind of thing. We're partnering with them to bring toys to these kids that are uh, <clears throat> at, the, at the Lighthouse for Women. And so we're very, very excited about partnering with them. So please uh, pay attention to these handouts. You should have gotten one today. And uh, plan on being a participant and bringing toys. You can bring them out here. And, and they're unwrapped new toys. And uh, we will make that a very, very special experience for a lot of people. Well, as you know, and as probably... Everywhere you turn, there's a political sign somewhere um, saying, vote for me, vote for me. And all I'm going to do today is say it's incredibly important to vote and encourage you to do so. And also just pray for God's heart to be made known in our country and in our, uh, our world today. We know it's a crazy place out there. And I believe that with all of us praying, with all of us seeking God, and with all of us voting the heart of God into our elections um, we will see God's hand move. And that's, that would be a beautiful thing to see. Amen? As you know, and as you probably realize, I'm not a political guy. At least this pulpit will never be a political place. And, uh, and I will never make it that. And so, but today, I am going to pray and pray that, the, that God's hand would move across our country um, during this election season. God, we just believe that you have a will for our country. You have a plan. You have a purpose for our country to play in this world, Lord, to bring love, to bring your grace, to be a mission-sending country and not just a country that needs to be evangelized as much as it does. Lord, I pray today that in the name of Jesus, we would uh, <clears throat> see your hand move in these coming elections, that we would see your hand move in the coming burdens and and. and issues and policies and all these things that affect the moral fabric of our, our, our country. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just open the hearts of all of us to vote your heart. And God, that your Holy Spirit would guide and direct our steps. You are truly the one who chooses leaders. You are truly the one who, who puts the leaders in place. Your, your word makes that clear. And sometimes, God, we get what we deserve uh, from you. And Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will have your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. 
Yeah, it's always an awkward thing because I'm, I'm uh, all about what we have one thing that's important to us as a church, and that's the mission of the church. And that's the only thing that I will focus on. And, uh, and I know that there are different p- opinions. There are different ways pastors do things. But please understand, if you're coming to Journey to, to have a political agenda, it won't be promoted. Because we're not here to be political. We're here to be missional. And our mission is to reach as many people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, grow them up in faith, and have them reach as many people with Jesus Christ. And that's the focal point. That's the energy. That's what we will spend our time, our energy, and our dollars on. And uh, I hope and pray that that aligns with your heart. And I realize there are other pastors that do it different ways, and I'm not criticizing them or anything, but that's the conviction that, ha- that God has set on my heart for Journey Church. And so I hope you guys okay? All right. We've said in this series, just saying, and just saying is that saying that says, I'm just saying, I'm not here to offend you, but I'm, I need to tell you the truth. Just saying. And we've said that um, living right is the only way to health in an unstable and confused world. Living right is the only way to health in an unstable and confused world. I used to tell my kids that um, if you make the right choice, it may not feel right in a wrong world. Because in a wrong world, it'll always push back on a right choice. And, and, And often you'll be ostracized for making right choices. And if that's the case, it's okay. It's better to be ostracized for making the right choice than to make the wrong choice and go with the flow. And this is what this, this whole book is about, is to take a stand and make, make living right the right way to live and experience the blessings that come from that. So today we're talking about taming the tongue, taming the tongue. Or in today's world, it might be better said taming the text, right? <laughs> taming the text. I mean, we're, we're, we're text happy today, man. I mean, people are bold in texting, and uh, sometimes we're willing to say more in text than we are in faith, face-to-face conversations. But have you, ever, have you ever thought to yourself, man, I just wish this guy would shut up? And I'm not talking about me. I just, you know, somebody that you're sitting next to or somebody that you're talking to, I just wish they would stop talking. You know, I'd heard it one time said, this is what you're doing. This is what I want you to do. <clears throat> we call it foot and mouth disease. It's worse than COVID. It's worse than COVID. We've said things like, oh, he just stepped in it. Have you heard that? You know what stepped in it means. Did I just say that out loud? Did, 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 have you ever said that to yourself? Oh, I, my thoughts just came out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, and oh, no, I can't take that one back. It's out. And once it's out, it's out. It's, and and we'll, we'll make some sense of those kinds of statements. But our words mean and, and have a lot of power. And James talks about that very, very clearly. And what we learn is that most people who talk a lot have little to say, but most people who, who say little have a lot to say. Most people who talk a lot have little to say, and most people who say little have a lot to say. In fact, some of the quietest people quite often have the deepest and most powerful thoughts that you'll ever hear. As soon as they start speaking, you're like, oh, whoa, where'd that come from? And it's pretty surprising. Proverbs 2019 says this, a gossip betrays a confidence. 
So avoid anyone who talks too much. Do you know anybody who talks too much? And if you don't, you're probably the one that talks too much. Right? Because the people around you aren't talking, you are. So we have to be careful. We'll talk a little bit more about gossip later, but um, man, that's a powerful passage of scripture that says the gossip betrays the confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. It just emphasizes the power of our words. And so the key thought today is simply this for the series or, or for this message is maturity is knowing when to speak, what to speak, and how to speak so that others are built up and God is honored. Hear that again. Maturity. So maturity is, plays a part in how we learn to communicate. Maturity is knowing when to speak, what to speak, and how to speak so that others are built up and God is honored. James 1.19, which Pastor Dwayne talked about, talked about the passage that sa- says uh, we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We've made it part of our values as a church to, to, to kind of paraphrase this passage of scripture and say, we treat each other quick, slow, slow. Quick, slow, slow. That's a, that's a, a we were talking about um, language that has creating part of our culture here at church. And we talked about, um, we need to create a quick, slow, slow culture so that we're always quick to listen. We're slow to speak and we're slow to become angry. And when we do that, we realize we're treating people well. And so that's become one of our kind of our values or our staff values that we're developing in our church. So everybody say that with me. Quick, slow, slow. slow. Say it again. One more time. Quick, slow, slow. And that's not hard to remember. So that, that can travel with you. So let it travel and go with you when you decide to speak. Should you be listening or should you be talking? And that will help you. That's a good one. So James 3, 1 through 12 is our focal point today. And what it says is simply this. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. All right, I'm just going to leave the stage right now. I mean, the, the, the reality is that when you decide to teach, when you decide to speak, and you decide to let your thoughts out, those are going to be the, the, the thoughts that you will be judged by once you speak them. Is powerful, and we'll read a scripture later that says that. But and then it says, We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. It's really funny because it sounds like he's contradicting himself. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Really, what this is, and if you if you if you're reading this with kind of humor in mind, James is being funny. He's, being, he's, he's basically saying, we all make mistakes. We all mess up. We all mess up with our words. And anybody who thinks that they, they can do it is perfect. And there is no such thing. So he's telling a little bit of a joke here. But he's, he's making it clear that if anybody can actually control everything they say, then they are perfect. They are, their body is in complete control or they are in complete control of their body. And that's not what's true. None of us are that way. And I'll, you know, don't raise your hands. Don't, you don't have to say amen. You don't have to say anything like that right now. But um, have, are there ever a time where you spoke words you did, wished you hadn't spoken? Yeah. <laughs> that was a nervous chuckle. 
I've, I've done that so many times. I mean, I have foot and mouth disease. I've taken drugs for that. I've done all kinds of things to try and get rid of that disease. And the only thing that does it is the word of God. And, and it helps at least. But we have to understand that we should never desire to be the one speaking a lot. That only comes with a calling. That doesn't come with a, 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 an entitlement. Not everyone should be speaking. And I'm not saying I'm privileged to speak. I'm called to speak. And, and as a result, I'm also called to a higher level of judgment because I speak. And that's scary, actually. I tremble when I get into the pulpit because, man, I'm, I'm delivering the word of God. The very words of God. And if I'm, if I'm making them about me or if I'm doing something wrong with them, I will be held accountable. And so I have to understand that we should not all desire to speak or teach. We should recognize that we're, some of us are called and some of us aren't. And, so, and that's okay. We're all part of a, 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 a body that is working together. <clears throat> and so we have to understand that we are not all called, but some of us are. But it doesn't mean that we all aren't responsible for our words that all of us are responsible for the words that we speak. And so we have power in these words, and these words have power, and what James is going to show us is they have power to do three things. They have power to either give directions or do destruction or show delight. The three Ds of speaking, if you will. Every pastor loves that kind of stuff. The power to direct. Verse 3 says, when, he, when we put bits into the mouths of horses... To make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants them to go. What we learn here is simply this, is that the power of the tongue has the ability to give direction or to direct or turn things in a certain direction. That is super powerful. Why? Because what the point is being made here is that the very small bit in a big horse's mouth will direct the horse. A very small rudder on a large ship will direct the ship. And we have to consider the words that we speak. There's a saying that I've used often that dynamite comes in small packages. Right? It's just a little thing, right? We used to play with these M80s when I was a kid. My cousins would bring them, and we'd put, a, put this little tiny thing in this 55-gallon drum of water, throw it in there, and all poof, water would just come flying everywhere, and we'd get all wet, and it was really funny. It was great, but there's a huge power in that little thing, and it made a big difference when it got in there, and it got lit, and it went off, and the crazy thing is that we have to understand that what <clears throat> James is illustrating is that first, to... to to control a wild horse or a horse that has a wild instinct is, is a powerful thing. And to control a, a ship that sits in the water, but once it's in the water, it is, it is um, <clears throat> controlled by the winds and the waves and the currents and the tides and all those kinds of things. And to have a small rudder that can control that boat in the midst of those things is amazing. And really what's not talked about here is who's in control of the bridle or the bit and who's in control of the rudder 
And that's what's important for us, you and me, to understand is today, it's not about the, the, the tongue so much, that's this thing that flaps in our mouth, but it's the person who's controlling the tongue. And who is it that, that has uh, the power to take such a powerful tool like the tongue and control it to where it gives life instead of death? These bits, these rudders are fighting nature. And it's the nature of the tongue in the human to speak death, to speak selfishness, to speak in such a way that it creates a, 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 a death experience rather than a life experience. I talk about re- living redemptively or speaking redemptively. What kind of words do we use that speak redemptively or to make our relationship good rather than words that make them bad? As soon as you start saying, you did, and you did that, and you, those aren't redemptive words. You could say, we did, and that would be okay, getting in the right direction. But all of a sudden, if you started taking the perspective of what can I do to make the relationship better, that, which is exactly what Jesus did, we start using words that own the relationship instead of using words that make the other person at fault, then we aren't speaking redemptively. If we are speaking redemptively, we're owning the responsibility that I have to help this relationship work. Does that make sense? And so when this little piece of flesh in our mouth begins to be controlled by the spirit, then it can go against the, 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 the waves of nature, if you will, or the wildness of the horse, and we can control it. And it can go where God wants it to go. This is why we have to be so connected to God when we're speaking. When you're speaking with your spouse, when you're speaking with a friend, when you're speaking with a student at school, when you're speaking with a boyfriend or girlfriend, when you're speaking, anytime you're speaking, if there is no control of this thing, oh man, it's crazy. I like what this one little um, uh, poem says. It says, words are seeds that do more than blow around. They land in our hearts and not the ground. Be careful what you plant and careful what you say. You might have to eat what you planted one day. They're powerful. These words are amazing. They're, they're incredibly powerful uh, <clears throat> tools that we have in our, in, our, in our faces or in our bodies that if, we don't, if we're not careful, we may eat what we speak and I call it eat crow or stepped in it or whatever you want to talk about it, but there's a danger in speaking freely. We need to speak in controlled form. I, I'm all about allowing um, people to say what they feel as long as it's for a redemptive purpose. When I get um, couples in my office and we, they want to talk about their relationship, excuse me, it's tea with honey. Excuse me. When I get couples in my office and I say, okay, we're going to talk about your relationship, but the one thing that we're going to do is use redemptive language. We're not going to accuse. We're not going to say, you did. We're going to say, this is how I'm feeling, and we're going to own that feeling and see what we can do to help that feeling be redemptive in the relationship. And that's powerful, but if we don't let that happen, then what happens is there's a war of words and there's a war of tongues flapping in the air and they start beating on each other and it's just a disgusting sight. And it's no fun. And so 
words can direct. They can direct the, the tone of the conversation. They can direct the intent of, or the direction or purpose of the life. And we speak to our kids. And if we don't speak carefully to our kids, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll regret what we've said someday. I remember my daughter, and I think she'll be okay with me saying this. Um, <clears throat> one day we were not doing well. I was not giving her redemptive language, and nor was she. And she decided that the worst thing she could say is, you're the devil. <clears throat> I don't remember how I responded. I think I got a quick grin on my face because I could understand why she thought I was, but she was doing everything she could to hurt me. She was doing everything she could to just hurt me because she knew I was a pastor, she knew I was a Christian, and the worst person, the person that I hate the most is the person she's calling me right now. And I said, I said, honey, I, I know you don't mean that. And she goes, yes, I do. <laughs> but we're going to get through this, and we got through it. And she's an amazing girl today. Both of my daughters are amazing. Proverbs 18, 21 says, the, power has, the, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. My question to you today is, what fruit are you eating? What fruit are you eating of your words? What, if, if we're going to be different than the world, we cannot be speaking like the world. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to guide and direct the direction of our tongues. He needs to be the one that's holding the rudder, holding the reins, so that our boat, our horse, is going in the direction that he wants it to go. We can either speak life or we can speak death, but we have to understand that the power of words can direct the, the, the relationship either towards life or death. How are you doing today in that regard? The power of <clears throat> the words have the power to destroy Verse 5 says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Oh my goodness. It's like Jane, James is just like, just saying this little thing in your mouth <laughs> from hell <laughs> it's saying it and he's literally telling us he's comparing it to this this idea that if it's not controlled if it doesn't have a master to it then it is going to create all kinds of havoc all kinds of destruction all of us who've lived here for a little while here in Ventura understand the, the destruction of a fire and we've seen that it can wipe wipe out houses in an instant, many of you maybe have already been affected directly by that. <clears throat> but fire is dangerous. It's also helpful. It all depends on whether it's contained or not contained. And that's the, the, the very nature of the tongue. If we don't contain it, then it will go crazy. If we do contain it, then it, will, uh, it can produce energy. It can produce warmth. It can be a, a, a nice experience. It can pr produce s'mores. Yeah. S'mores. <clears throat> Amazing. Amazing. With, if not, it, it will create a whole lot of pain. 
Verse 7, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is, it's, it is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Here we are back to the hell experience. James is just getting extreme. He's saying that the, it's a restless evil full of deadly poison. And it's not, he's not being... Uh, I don't think he's using hyperbole. I think he's trying to say, this is a real deal. If we don't get control of this thing, it's going to take over. And remember, he's, he's writing to a whole bunch of Christians that are scattered across a, a world now, and they're living in different worlds and different lands, and they probably are tempted to be critical of the leadership, to say all the things that they want to say. They're going through persecution. They're experiencing all kinds of things, and they want to be free to say whatever they want to say. And sometimes we feel entitled to that. Look what I'm going through. Why can't I say what I think? Well, it's not redemptive. It's not life-giving. And it's, the poison, it's, it's full of deadly poison. It's set on fire by hell. And we shouldn't be saying those things. Amen? Amen. And, and here's, here's the truth. There was some research done about the church during COVID. And the church got so political and so public about its negativity that the world turned off to the church and said, look at how evil that church is. Look at how disrespectful that church is. And I don't care about your policy or public perspective of, you know, vax or no vax, mass or no mass, all those kinds of things. What the world saw was that the church had no desire to care for people. All they cared about was its own freedom. Those words are hurting us today. Those words are the barriers to evangelism today. It's not that we're weird, we're strange, or that we talk about resurrection. It's about that we didn't want, that we, we, we protested, and all of us churches who didn't say anything and kept as close to, to, to policy as possible with, with, within reason are lumped in with a whole bunch. Our words did damage. And that's the way the world pictures us. And if we don't speak redemptively, if we don't speak life into our world today, and I, I, I'm, I have a whole lot of opinions about what I just spoke about, but they're not opinions that will come from this pulpit. They don't belong here. What belongs here is understanding that we have a responsibility to speak life into a world that needs life, not death. Amen. And that needs hope. And it has a gospel message that has nothing to do with vax or no vax. And we can just glorify in the fact that we, our simple language of Jesus lives, Jesus forgives, Jesus delivers, Jesus set free, Jesus redeems, Jesus restores. That's the message that the world needs to hear. Amen. That's the language with which we should be speaking. And if we're not, the world is only hearing how much we don't like them. And that's unacceptable. It's a mixture of my cold and my tears making me squeak. <laughs> Fire and taming the tongue are two very destructive descriptions that James gives us. Proverbs 26, 22 says, The words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the innermost parts. 2 Corinthians 12, 20 says, For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. You may not 
and you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. It's amazing that in that list is two, two languages, slander and gossip. There, most of that is, is communicated through words of di- discord or jealousy or fits of rage, all those kinds of things, but words are powerful, and they ruin the church. And I just want to say this. What I'm about to tell you is advice that I think will help us all stay unified. Yes, I want you to be able to speak what you think and feel, but I want you to speak it right. And the first thing is this, and this is a value that we hold very, very strongly at at Journey. It's called context before comment. Context before comment. If you, I realize that many of us have opinions about how the church should run or what we should do or how, what we should sing or what we should think about the way things go. First, ask questions. Just get context and then make your comment. Most of what we do, we have a reason for doing. Most everything we do, we have a reason. There might be a few things that we're just doing that we're like, oh, yeah, we really need to rethink that. But there's reasons for why we do what we do, and you're always welcome to ask questions about that. But get context before comment, because comment before context just simply means you're being a judge. And that's not helpful to the church. Secondly, don't talk for others, talk for yourself. Talking for others. So for instance, uh, me and a bunch of friends got together and we were talking about this, and I want to talk to you about this, Pastor. Well, that's only a confession that you've been gossiping. Okay? And I respect that you, I respect that we have conversations with other people, and we do have other conversations about the church and how it feels and all those kinds of things. I respect that. That's going to happen. But don't let that turn into gossip. But most importantly, don't bring that back and go, we believe, and you're the only one that's talking. Speak for yourself and let the other people speak for themselves so that if if you want to say a whole bunch of people believe, then let a whole bunch of people come and say that and have the bravery and and guts to say that. Does that make sense? It's so important. I've seen it ruin churches when the we believe is the only person, there's only one person talking and there's supposed to be a whole bunch of people that believe that. But the reality is this only, this person is the only one that really has a problem. They just had a conversation with a whole bunch of people. And so I hope you're okay with that. It's the best way to communicate. Don't talk to others about others. Only talk to those involved. Because don't talk to others about others. If you're talking to others about others without the person there, you're gossiping. And it's in the list of sins. Learn to speak redemptively. Give life, not death. What you speak will affect your own judgment. And we'll read that in just a second. But our words will be judged. And your words and all of our words, we will be held accountable for every word we've spoken, especially careless ones. And so don't just speak carefully and speak intentionally. If you're involved in gossip, ask yourself this question, a powerful question. Why is it that people are okay gossiping with me? Why is it 
that people are okay gossiping with me. Because they shouldn't be, right? Okay. A hot head and a hot heart can lead to burning words that later we will regret. Spoken by a great commentator named Wiersbe. A hot head and a hot heart can lead to burning words that later we will regret. And I'll wrap it up with this. We have the power to delight. We have the power to give life. Verse 9 says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father. With it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Cannot, can both fresh water and salt water <clears throat> flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives can, or, can, or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Now, what's true about this passage is you can't get both out of the same thing, but you can get one or the other. And the beauty is, is that we can give life with our words. We do mess up. We make mistakes. But the reality is we can come back and say, I'm sorry. We can never take backwards. You can never like go, oh, I didn't mean that. Once you say it, it's out. But the reality is you can apologize for them. I think there was one, another statement that said, um, be careful with your words. Once they are said, they can only be forgiven, not forgotten. It's a really powerful statement. Proverbs 10, 11 says, The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Hang on to that one, not the other one. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may <clears throat> know how to answer everyone. Matthew 20, 12, 33 says this, Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, how can you, you who are evil, say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you the truth, I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they may have spoken, or they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. That should sh make us all shudder. And when it comes down to it, what discipline do we need to have? Quick, slow, slow. James 1.19. Quick, slow, slow. If we will be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to angry, anger, we will more, like, more than likely bring life to a conversation than death. If we will allow ourselves to remember that we can either direct a relationship one way or we can direct it another way, depending on who's controlling the rudder or the bridle, who's controlling your tongue today. Have you spoken destructive words? They may not be able to be forgotten, but they can be forgiven. Amen. And today, will you allow the Holy Spirit to let praise come out of your mouth, life come out of your mouth, and not death. For out of our heart, our mouth will speak. And what's in there? Let's get what's in there out of there, because if it's not good, then what's in there is going to come out, and it's not good, and we need to give life instead of death. Let's let the Holy Spirit cleanse our hearts and purify our minds and spirits 
and let the Holy Spirit work. Amen? Amen. 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 Today, I believe this series is about helping us bring life to our relationships, bring life to our community, bring life to our world. Lord, I pray today that you would empty us of the things that cause us to speak less than redemptive, to speak hate or to speak anger, to speak death. Lord, we don't want to be those people that are speaking death or hurt or pain. We want to speak life into all of our relationships. God, forgive us for not letting you hold the rudder or the reins of our lives. Lord, take control of our tongues and speak life into those around us and speak life into the most precious of our relationships. God, I pray that you would give hope to those that feel that as though they've speak, spoken words that cannot ever be taken back. And Lord, I pray that those words could be forgiven and relationships can be healed and restored. I thank you and praise you for what you're doing here today. Lord, to speak into our lives the truth and the reality that our words mean something and have power. And Lord, when they're controlled by you, they will give life and hope and and an opportunity for eternity to those around us. Lord, I pray your blessing on your church today. May our tongues be controlled by you in Jesus' name. May healing happen in Jesus' name by our words. And may we listen, may we be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry so that we glorify your name in everything we say and do. I pray for that for every person in this room in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you want one. I just want to invite you to say this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of the mistakes I've made. Based on the fact that you died on the cross, Jesus, I accept forgiveness. And I believe that today you are forgiving me of my sin. And I accept that. And I believe that you were raised from the dead and that I will spend eternity with you. I thank you, Jesus, for raising from the dead and conquering death, hell, and the grave for me so that I can spend eternity with you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.